welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 50, the big 5-0. Normally people, you know, get a little weird when they turn 50, but we're turning 50 on this episode and we feel good about it. We feel young, younger by turning 50. Uh, here on this Sunday, January 23rd, you might be listening to it on the podcast audio Monday, January 24th. I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. We are proudly part of the Dean Blundell Network. You can find our stuff there, deanblundell.com. And wow, 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 wow. As our good friend said, this weekend was drunk with football. Nothing made sense. Everything made sense. Chaos, craziness. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. I guess I should probably say, hey, Chris, how are you? <laughs> Hi, Steve. <laughs> yeah, Tyreek Hill. Throw up the peace sign. Oh, give him the flag. Yeah. Just kidding. I that's not a, that's I don't not know a flag. how he didn't get flagged for that. Like, the league literally used that as an example of what not to do yeah. and uh, let him get away with it. But, uh, yeah, happy to be here for uh, for another episode. I guess episode 50. You know, people say that's a big deal, apparently. Um, yeah, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at PhillipsChris12. Don't forget to follow the podcast account at ballhawks underscore pod. And uh, how was your Sunday, Mr. Fisher? My blood pressure is just on a whole nother level. And my team did not play today. My team did not play yesterday. That didn't matter. Uh, man, what a, what a Sunday, dude. I saw a few people tweeting like similar sentiments of like, like I'm about to have a heart attack and Mm -hmm. my team's not even playing. And I'm like, I'm just sitting here laughing and enjoying the show. That's a, that's a good point. I I was giggling. I was giggling on the couch, uh, you know, an hour ago when all the, the, the Sunday night game craziness was going on and my wife came downstairs and she's like, it's still on. And I'm still laughing. And she's like, I came down here because you were giggling and I didn't understand why. And I'm like, look at this. Like, you just missed like 40 points in the last yeah. like couple minutes checking on the kids in the bath. Like, oh. And that, it's funny. We are doing the same. Like, so uh, kids, it was bath night in our household as well. And uh, Nadine was like bribing the kids to like hurry up and eat dinner fast and get in and out of the bath fast. And like, if you guys are quick enough, we're back downstairs by 630. We can watch Full House because we're watching nice. full house on on netflix right now we just started it that's a great plug yeah and i'm like okay if i yeah, sure and then i'm like oh no the game's on so i'm like <laughs> yeah i'm gonna watch the rest of the game in the bedroom i'll i'll be down when the game's <laughs> over and i'm just like howling yeah. carter came upstairs at one point and goes daddy you're loud yeah like, I, I guess yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, I guess i was just like my blood pressure was going because i i, I feel like i almost put myself in the player's shoes, in, in, in the fans of those team shoes, because we've all been part of uh, playoff heartbreak. Uh, it's pretty obvious which one, like if I were to ask you which playoff heartbreak, um, you know, there's probably a moment I could probably guess it, um, or at least it's one of two. Mine would obviously, you know, you know how sometimes uh, on Twitter, it's like, oh, exactly nine years ago, this happened. Well, this weekend, of course, was, uh, you know, the weekend, I think it was nine years ago. Um, the years tend to blend together. 
where the Ravens went to Foxborough and uh, cool January Joe marched that team all the way down through the fade to Lee Evans. It's in his hands. He's so damn casual about turning. It was almost like he was like strutting as he turned away. DB pops the ball out and I'm like, oh, no way. Like instant heartbreak. Uh, and then you you get like this sense of relief because your kicker comes out and it's a chip shot of 32 yards and and he's going to get it so so you can move on. No. Wide left, instant heartbreak. Uh, every time a kicker misses a kick in the playoffs, uh, my heart sinks for that, that, that fan base because I've been there. I know what it feels like. And, and I think that's what I've been doing all weekend was kind of just like putting myself in different teams shoes. Like I'm excited for this fan base and then I'm like devastated for that fan base. So uh, I think that's why I got super, super into it and, and heart. Blood for the same me. reasons why I thought it was so funny and I was laughing because like, I don't have to be stressed out. This is amazing. <laughs> I get to just enjoy this. <laughs> I, I will say it's it's more just enjoyment rather than uh, you know stress with that kind of stuff. But I did start to feel like a little tense, being like, "Oh my gosh, like what happens if this team loses? Like their fans are going to be devastated." And then it happens, and you're like, "Oh, this is so awesome because I just want NFL to be crazy, and it is." But I also feel bad. Um, just a reminder to everybody, uh, if you are joining us on Twitter live here, uh, we won't be able to see your comments, but we appreciate your company. If you would like to comment in our chat with us here, you need to go to our YouTube channel, Ballhawks podcast or our Facebook, uh, I guess account Ballhawks podcast. Uh, if you're on Facebook or YouTube watching the lives, jump in the comments, let us know what uh is happening let us know your reactions to the stuff we are gonna chat about but before we get into any football stuff chris i notice you are wearing one sexy shirt right now uh the one you wanted the one i wanted (laughs) uh our friends over at lake therapy apparel hooked us up with some sweet stuff we've showed off the toque we've showed off our sweaters that we had uh, and we also got hooked up with some t-shirts. Uh, you're wearing the Okanagan series maroon. I believe it is on their website. Um, uh, I almost took it and just said like, yeah, no, we didn't get anything, but I'm not greasy like that. It looks super comfortable. Love the color. What, what do you think of it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's super comfortable. I've been again, wearing it all day. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the the maroon, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I was more, you know, going for for black. Um, but it's I, I like it. It's it's good. It, lo- it looks it, good. It's taken me out of my uh, out of my my wheelhouse of black, blue, gray. <laughs> I was so. going to say you probably and have a little like, bit of purple and a little bit of neon, right? Like a little bit of neon. Little bit of neon, um, and a little bit of purple because purple's in the blue family, so that makes sense. Our friend Liam here is living life large. He stayed up for 33 hours off the tail end of a graveyard shift to watch uh, his Cincinnati Bengals win. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but I agree, Liam. Avalanche Burgundy is a good color on anyone. I've got to message you. 
after this show, I got to show you something that we got for the house, Liam. You're going to be mega jelly. Um, don't let me forget that. <laughs> weird. little weird plug there. Um, oddly enough, we, we wanted different t-shirt sizes, right? Um, yeah. You wanted the black. I was thinking maroon. Look what I got. <laughs> we, we, we're like living in opposite opposite seas world um but i'm actually kind of glad i got this one now because it wouldn't be again kind of the same reasons you you were thinking of it's i'm more of now like i like the the different types of colors um but i actually don't have a ton of black stuff in my wardrobe i've i've noticed um and this shirt is from the iconic series um, obviously we got some Okanagan gear because, well, we're in the Okanagan, uh, you can get the Tulamine series, iconic series, uh, just really, really comfortable clothing. And, uh, like I said last week, every time I wear this stuff, I just feel like I'm out kind of, you know, by the lake or, uh, sitting in a camp chair, watching the fire go, somebody's got a guitar and just sort of chilling. So really awesome branding from Samantha Holmes and her team at Lake Therapy Apparel. You can find all of the stuff we've been wearing at laketherapyapparel.ca. And if you use the code BALLHAWKS, you get 10% off uh, your entire order. So make sure you do that. Support our local companies here in the Okanagan. Uh, We appreciate them jumping on and partnering with us. Now, before I know Liam's on here just because he thinks we're going to talk about Cincinnati the whole time. But before we do, Chris, I know you saw some news about my team. I know you saw it. Ravens have parted ways with uh, defensive coordinator Don Wink Martindale. Uh, John Harbaugh just, I think it was today or, or yesterday. I can't remember when he came out with it, but he had his official statement um, after several, pre- I always try and read official statements in like a different voice. Like I feel like they're, they're very, <laughs> after several productive conversations, Don and I have agreed to move forward in separate directions. We have had a great run on defense and I'm very proud of what was been accomplished and the work he has done. Yada, yada. I'm not going to go through this thing, but, um, he ends up with, I am personally grateful for our friendship and for everything he has done in Baltimore as is true to basically everything that happens in Baltimore, there just seems to be like this, you know, reciprocal relationship with guys and coaches coming and going. Uh, it, it doesn't tend to end nasty in Baltimore. And I know a lot of fans didn't like this. Um, so it had all the recipe to be one of those like nasty breakups. But um, again, is true to what the organization tries to do. They, it's a business decision and I think every Ravens fan knew something was coming. I think more people anticipated the offensive coordinator, uh, Greg Roman to be the one that goes, but I was just, uh, looking up some statistics and, uh, part of it kind of makes sense. Um, he took over in 2018 since 2018, points per game, uh, he w- the Ravens were second in the league. 2019, they were third. 2020, they were second. And then this year, they were 19th. And so when you look at it just from a base, like, hey, we have a standard of defense here. 
you've managed to be a top three defense three years in a row. Why have we taken such a massive step backwards? And I'm sure there is a ton of reasons. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking of even like going for it on fourth down and not converting or, or schedule of opponents. I don't know what the reason is. The main thing that we all think about is the Ravens huge, huge, huge losses on defense, losing Marlon Humphrey for the year, losing Marcus Peters for the year, losing Deshaun Elliott for the year, um, losing Derek Wolf for the year, losing basically every other cornerback for some amount of time or major amounts of time, uh, lost Calais Campbell for some time, Brandon Williams for some time, uh, middle linebacker LJ Fort for the season, Odafe Owe at the end there uh, for the last few games. So part of me wishes they would have allowed him one more year. Like this would be his sort of like mulligan year where it's like, look, we had some injuries. We, you know, had some unfortunate things. But at the end of the day, I think he's still a great uh, defensive coordinator. And I think he gets picked up immediately uh, if not for a head coaching job, he for sure is getting picked up as a defensive coordinator. Um, and only time is going to tell who the Ravens replace him with um, or if there's even more changes brewing to catapult this team into the playoffs and a serious contender. Um, I think that's as far as I'm going to go on that because we've got some games to get to here, Chris. Saturday, yesterday, started with the number one seed Tennessee Titans taking on at home the Cleveland Bengals the kids from the who day nation um did you mean to call them the Cleveland Bengals did I call them the Cleveland Bengals yeah you did yeah same crap different pile right (laughs) but actually not even oh hi oh (laughs) wow uh, for those of you listening on the audio version of this, uh, Chris looked like a, a really poor cheerleader, let's say. Like, at best, poor cheerleader. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, pulled it off again. What What are your thoughts on that, your initial reaction? Um. Wow. <laughs> Tannehill sucked. Like, Tannehill, I, I mean, neither offense performed overly well both defenses played really well yeah um but man did Tannehill ever let his team down I mean your defense sacked Joe Burrow nine times <laughs> Tannehill only got sacked once but he Just threw three wild. interceptions I mean why the second one was a great play it was a tip ball great play by the DB I don't remember the first one the third one was terrible he forced the ball until like I think triple coverage, and it wasn't to AJ Brown or Julio. It was to Akine uh, Westbrook, or um, I think is his last yeah. name. Yeah, and it just he played terrible, and I don't think um, Derrick Henry probably shouldn't have played. I think when he was really? on the field, yeah, I think when he was on the field, I mean, he's obviously not a hundred percent. When he was on the field, um, their offense was too predictable that they were going to run the ball with him on the field. Uh, and they're, they were much more productive with, uh, Foreman on the field. Yeah. Yeah. He was busting off some big runs. Yeah. He was faster. He was hitting the holes better. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't think they should have played Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, when you look at his workout videos, it looked like he was ready to go. I think what people forget is the fact that he had a metal plate and five screws into the bone of his foot. Um, I don't care how superhuman you are, that that takes a long time to get back up to your 100%. Yeah, and at, regardless of how good he looks in workouts, um, that's not game shape, right? Yeah, what I meant was like there were there was a workout where, you know, you see like the explosiveness from his feet. So, you know, on paper, it looks like, OK, he's able to explode with his feet. But, you know, that's a lot different than, you know, a guy rolling sideways on your foot and kind of like scraping that plate into the bone. And um, he actually had a, I also saw he actually had a piece of metal in his cleat as well. Yeah, I, I read that, but I didn't understand yeah. it. Like maybe it was to Probably make sure protection yeah I assume. like that nobody like rolled up on him and like crushed his foot again but like how is that <laughs> sorry player safety how is that safe yeah <laughs> like, i mean we could we could debate the safety of this league for for years um I from mean, now on i want my kickers wearing steel-toed boots yeah well wasn't it uh <laughs> Uh, Ward, the DB for KC, got KO'd in the middle of the game, and then he was cleared to come back and play. Um, I missed. Like, I, I must like have he, he didn't get a concussion like uh, Tyran Matthew, but like when you get KO'd, you like it should be an instant. You have to take the game off because like yeah. I don't know. I'm not a neurologist, so who the hell knows? I'm sure they know something way more than I do. Um, for me, this game. I thought the very first play of the day of the game set the standard not only for this game but for the whole damn weekend. Like, wow is the you know you said wow right away. That that is the literally the first word that I spoke and the last word I spoke on this divisional round weekend. Ryan Tannehill throws the ball directly to the DB. I mean, he has to make a good play on the ball, um, but first play of the game, you throw a pick. Uh, that's going to be tough to come back from. But... That's why I don't remember the first one. I was at work, so I didn't see the first one. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it. the game just didn't even seem overly close. Like, on the scoreboard, it seemed really close. Um, but it, it didn't even start to, like, go back in the Titans' favor until they started targeting A.J. Brown, which they should have done so much earlier because he's clearly the best player that they had on the field. So find creative ways to get that guy the ball. Uh, and they just, for the most part, they failed to do that. Um, I know he ended with like 140-something yards and a touchdown, but um, that could have been a 200-plus game and two touchdowns if you would have uh, targeted him a little more, perhaps. Um, one more thing on this game before we move on. I thought it was super cool. I'm a big kicker guy. I love Justin Tucker, um, which maybe makes me watch kickers a little more. But the Bengals uh, rookie kicker, uh, Evan McPherson, who the team who the Bengals got like roasted for drafting a kicker in the fifth round. Yep. And then did you see the Bengals tweeted it out? That's why you draft a kicker. Yeah, I did see that. And like, I, I can't remember what the exact words were. Uh, Evan McPherson goes over to one of his teammates uh, when they I, get in I, field goal. I, I do have it. Do you have it? Okay, you say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Evan McPherson did a couple of warm-up kicks 
uh, on the sideline before the game winner. Then he goes up, goes to backup quarterback Brandon Allen and says, well, looks like we're going to the AFC championship game, walks on the field and nails the 52 yarder (laughs) to win the game. Like, like what balls from a rookie? No kidding. Hey, like, uh, you know, Liam and I were obviously messaging through the whole game. I I was messaging him so he would stay awake um, and enjoy the game. But they're they're the division rivals of the Ravens. But you just have to respect when a rookie comes out and just big time someone else like there. There's one thing I want in my kicker, and I want you to be overly confident that you will make it in every single situation. Um, You can't say enough good things about that kid. It sucks that it has to be in the same division as the Ravens. Uh, What a, what a division for kickers though. You've got Tucker, you've got McPherson. Chris Boswell is one of the top five kickers in the league for the Steelers. Um, And then even uh, the guy from Cleveland, uh, Chase McLaughlin, I think, is his name. Uh, he, he had a down year this year, but he has been clutch in the past. So a, f- a fun little special team shout out to all you kickers. Kickers matter too. They're people. That is a uh, Stan Marsh level of big balls comment <laughs> from Evan McPherson. I fully expect him to be walking around in Cincinnati with his, his giant balls in a wheelbarrow, just walking around. Probably bouncing on him, you know, between drills, like just, <laughs> just yeah. Vince McManning every time he walks onto a field. Now, hey, yeah, I, I hope, uh, I hope some people at least understand what I'm talking about when I say Stan Marsh big balls. Not kids, don't Google it. Everyone else, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> kids, don't do that. Definitely don't do that. Um. Yeah, so like like we were talking about last week, uh, the kids from Cincinnati are, are playing with house money, and they're playing loose. They're playing fast. They're I hate to say it, Ravens fans. I'm I'm in the hatred with you of Cincy, but uh, they're fun to watch. I'm sorry, they the kid- are ridiculously fun to watch. That offense is firepower. The defense puts it together when they need to. Um, it's it's going to be a fun rivalry for a long, long time. Like, I think that's what a lot of fans tend to forget when they're hating on their rivalries is that it's only a rivalry when the other team's good. Like for all those years that, you know, the Browns have been the little brother of the division and just getting trounced. I have never felt big time rivalry feelings towards the Cleveland Browns. Uh, because they haven't been good. The Steelers have been consistently good. Um, So to be honest, it's fun for the rivalry when both teams are good. So um, I'm excited for it in future years to come. And uh, congratulations, Liam, that that's, that's a fun win for you. And uh, who knows going to going to Arrowhead next week. The kids are all right. It turns out (laughs) the kids are all right. Um, yeah, go ahead. Jamar Chase is what, like, he made so many guys miss on the first tackle. And then his, like, his takeaway, like, his first step, he's just poof, gone. Yeah, he's got like, a burst like none other. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, man, he's fun to watch. Watching, watching him and Joe Burrow together for the next 
10 to 15 years is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And and to be honest, like it shows you that your true number one does not have to be 6'5", 230. Like uh, Jamar Chase is 6'1", 200 pounds. He, he's not the the, you know, monster that a Mike Evans or a Devonte Adams or DeAndre Hopkins is. But like you said, he gets the ball, he makes you miss in speed, and then he takes off. And if you do not rap, rap tackle that guy, he is gone for at least 30, probably taking it to the house. So that's super exciting. Uh, let's move on to the Saturday night game. You and I met up with some people at Bad Tattoo Brewing. Uh, fun night, brought the families out. Um, I can't believe my kids lasted that long, but turn, turns out they were pretty excited to color with people <laughs> and, and your kids wanted to watch snowboarding and, uh, we got to enjoy some, some football, the immunized one, Aaron Rodgers taking on Jimmy GQ Garoppolo and it coming down to a field goal as well. And we got to see greasy Aaron Rodgers pout off the field in a devastating loss. I know you love that one because whoever lost, like whoever lost, you got to make fun of no matter what. Someone had to win. Yeah. Fine. I get to make fun of someone who loses. And I tweeted that. I, I tweeted. I said, regardless of who lost this game, this tweet was coming no matter what. And it ended with a suck it Aaron Rodgers. Um, had the <laughs> Niners lost, it would have been suck it 49ers. So yeah. either way, I mean, it was a win. Eh, maybe not a win-win because, I mean, like you said, one of the teams had to win. But one team had to lose, and that was great. Um, I hate seeing the Niners win, but, man, I love seeing Aaron Rodgers lose. <laughs> And just that punchable little face pouting on the sidelines, all looking pretty. He looked pretty pissy, if if I do say so myself. <laughs> hey, Aaron, why why are you so pissy? Yeah, that should be um, the next comment that you get to. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should send Jim Matheson down there to to ask him why he's so pissy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun going down to Bad Tattoo on Saturday and just uh, yeah having. Having some pizza, having some, uh, you know, some some pizza discourse of, you know, do you fold your your slice <laughs> in half while you eat it? Um, do you eat it with a knife and fork? Like, what is the, what is the you know the the proper way to eat a slice a slice of pizza? Um, and Steve, Mister, uh, don't let my food touch Fisher himself. <laughs> um, thinks it is an absolute abomination to fold your slice of pizza yep. in half while you eat it. Um, my wife and I ordered a, a BLT pizza, so it was looked delightful. Yeah, it was great. It was pizza. It had hunks of bacon on it, but then on top was like basically a full salad, like lettuce and dressing and uh, cherry tomatoes, and like you had to fold it in half to like keep the salad on top of the slice of pizza. Oh, you didn't. You didn't, and your wife didn't. No, yeah, you, you you didn't. My wife ate it with a knife and fork instead. Correct. Yeah. So the, the discourse, this is a fun discourse. We should we should post this on Twitter in a bit. Um, you asked me if you had to choose between these two, because I am a very standard, like, hold the slice flat and eat it just straight planed. Um, but if you had to fold it or if you had to use a knife and fork, what do you pick? And I pick knife and fork. And my rationale and behind and this and your one, teaching partner made fun of you. Yeah, she did. 
(laughs) And then as uh, our buddy Nick was eating it, folded up as well. Um, I was kind of on an island there. Well, I mean, mean, Nadine was there. She she had my back with that. Um, My rationale with that is if you like the toppings are up here, right on on the top of the pizza, and then you fold the toppings into themselves. The first thing that your taste buds hit is crust. That that's not like I like a good crust in a pizza and and I I want my crust to not be like little Caesars, you know, cardboard crust. Um, Bad Tattoo has great flavors in their crust, but what's better than the crust is the stuff on top. You would never just have a pizza of crust. So my idea was like, I want to taste all of those toppings. So here would be my only other, I guess, caveat to that is obviously it wouldn't work with the pizza you're describing, but if you folded it the other way so that the the crust is touching itself, almost like folding it backwards, I could I could probably get behind that. If that so makes then, any but sense. But then you have to take the No, that doesn't work either. Why? Because then you have to take the, the salad part. No, no, I said so I said not with a pizza like yours, but like, you know, traditional, oh, okay. like if you just had like a pepperoni or a Hawaiian or something like that, and you folded it the other way you're probably going to lose some toppings, but at least like your taste buds are hitting that. I was going to say all all the the hot cheese will, will like drip off them. Yeah. That's why you don't do it in the first place. (laughs) No, it's, it's a delicious way to eat pizza. Yeah. Anyways, the football game was again, two defenses. It was football, (laughs) uh, two defenses going at it. Uh, I don't, I don't even know what to say. On paper, again, it should have been two offenses uh, running their game, and uh, it ended up coming down to a blocked punt. So you had left bad tattoo. I think your kids were getting a little restless, um, and I think I texted you being like, holy crap, dude, I can't believe it came down to a blocked punt. Uh, not even. I, I texted you, and I was like, so apparently I left bad tattoo oh, right, a long yeah. time and you're like, yeah, you did. <laughs> and like, I barely even made it home for the end of the game. Cause we're, we're driving home and um, cross, get over the bridge. And we're like right by, I guess right by the car wash. Okay. And I, I had Olivia in my car and I hear her go, eh. I'm like, is everything okay? <laughs> Daddy, I really have to pee. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay i'm like can you hold it like we're almost home like we're like let's say two to three minutes away from home I'm like can you hold it she goes no dad i can't i'm like okay where's the nearest gas like i had to stop at a gas station to let my daughter get it like we run into the gas station i'm like do i need a key for the bathroom they're like yes i'm like i run i grab it and i'm like run i'm like okay quick go go to the back there's the back. like open it up like yeah it was uh it it was chaos so and then after that i get back in the car and i call nadine because she beat me home because we were in separate cars so her and carter beat olivia and i home and i go hey can you do me a favor she goes yeah i go can you turn on the tv turn on the football game it's channel 137 i want to be able to walk in the door and see the end of the game that's so funny (laughs) and that's literally what happened i walked in the door i didn't even take my shoes off i just walked right into the living room so i could catch like basically the field goal so funny i i don't know how many times i've done that where i'm like okay i'm coming in last second i need the game to be on in case i make it back uh in time to catch it so 
one of the, one of the interesting things we we forgot to mention this in the Cincinnati game, but I'll bring it up now because both quarterbacks who won on Saturday threw for exactly zero touchdowns. The Niners didn't even score an offensive touchdown. The Niners didn't even score an offensive touchdown, and they managed to win the game. Like, this is how drunk the game really was. Um, And even that, like, you have to think, as Packers fans, like, when they blocked the kick, there was less than five minutes to go in the game. You're thinking to yourself, they haven't scored a touchdown on us this whole game. They've been struggling to hit, like, a field goal or get in field goal range, we've got this. So not only do they block the punt, but they get the scoop and the score. Like there was a possibility that if your kick gets blocked, your defense was playing well enough that they would have held them potentially uh, to a field goal uh, or maybe uh, they they stop them on a fourth down if they're trying for the touchdown. Um, just absolute insanity. Uh, four seconds left. Robbie Gold hits a 45-yarder to walk the game off. Um, just just insane. Like, I, I don't even know how else to describe this weekend other than, like, what you didn't think was possible happened. And then more crazy stuff happened on top of that. Like, I've yeah. never seen a blocked punt be the difference maker in the last five minutes of a game uh, yeah. in that that high of stakes game. So a question for you, because I saw, um, I think it was Nick from cover four with the guys tweeted, blaming the loss solely on the Packers special teams. No, no. And that's, that's, so that's what I said to him. I, I, I fired back. I was like, not a chance. I said, no. Aaron Rodgers didn't, didn't throw any, a single touchdown. His offense only yeah. scored 10 points. Yeah. Um, so no, like it's not solely on the special teams yeah the special teams didn't do their job they had a blocked field goal they of course had that you know big blocked punt um but the offense didn't do their job either the only facet of the packers game that performed well was the defense everything else for the packers sucked yeah like obviously i i would say you know the packers special team has to eat their part of the crap pie like they messed up it was a big screw up you know, the biggest screw up you can have basically on a special teams thing is by giving up a touchdown. Um, but yeah, like the fact that the the Packers only managed to rush for an average of about three and a half yards per carry is, you know, credit to how good the 49ers played the run. The fact that they held Aaron Rodgers to 225 yards, no touchdowns and sacked him five times uh, it, it's one of those, like, do you give credit to the 49ers or do you discredit the, the Green Bay offense? But to answer your original question, like, no, like they had one blunder. The, the offense decided to put up their worst game of the entire year uh, when it mattered most. And um, that's what makes football fun. It's one day. Uh, you have a bad day and you're the number one seed in the NFL and you go out. Titans went out. Packers went out. We have no more number one seeds left. So do we think that uh, Mr. Punchable Face, the uh, the, the immunized one, uh, Aaron Rodgers, is he retiring? Is he demanding a trade? What is he, what is he doing? Um, I'm going to say my initial 
just gut reaction because it's 2021 football is he asks for a trade. I think especially if if uh, Matthew Stafford goes and wins a Super Bowl uh, and the year before Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl, both with new teams after spending a career worth of time on their original team, uh, you have to imagine that Rodgers um, would be looking at some of these teams where, you know, I know Denver's been talked into it, strong running game, uh, targets on the uh, on the outside for him to use, and a defense. Um, I saw Pittsburgh as one of those teams. It makes a lot of sense for Pittsburgh. They're yeah. saying they wouldn't, but it makes a lot of sense with the amount of weapons he would have there um, with a defense capable of uh, getting him the ball back. I, I could see it. Because now quarterbacks are showing other quarterbacks that you don't have to stay in your, you know, OG squad. Um, go somewhere that's a better situation for you. The the Packers are in cap hell right now, and they have to million over the cap going into next season. And they they don't have contracts for a lot of their guys. So I think this year was their year window. Yep. Um, and I think despite how dumb he is in other facets of his life, I think he's smart enough to look at the situation totality and say, yeah, I'm probably not winning here. Go to the no. saints. Well, I mean, the saints are in cap hell too, but they yeah. seem to find their way out of that miraculously. Um, the, they'll sign him to a 75 year contract with 74 <laughs> void years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just my gut reaction. Um, who knows? We're going to have a whole off season to talk about that because it's going to for two years in a row, we're going to be talking about Russ drama and we're going to be talking about Rogers drama. And I love it. Not talking about Russell Wilson drama at all. There's no drama to talk about. Yeah, you're not going to talk about it, but I'm still talking about it. It's nothing to talk about. <laughs> all right, let's move on um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to another scene that you loved. Uh, a second NFC West team has advanced the L.A. Rams taking down touchdown football it's hard to argue that it honestly it is very hard to argue uh they put in three teams this year two of them are still in it i yeah i'm trying to think just off the top of my head i don't i don't think there is a better division um yeah so this game looked like a cakewalk right we we all knew what was going to happen the Rams got off to a big lead. They went into halftime. The Rams extended that lead, and then they just kind of sailed off into the sunset. Nothing crazy happened at all. Um, they just sort of walked the rest of the game out, right? I, I, I shut it off when it was 27 to 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's how it ended. <laughs> I didn't shut it off at 27 to 3. I think you and I were both like, at this point in the football weekend, we were both like, bring me the chaos, like whatever oh, it's yeah. going to take to like really spice it up. So I tweeted out the uh, 37 to three. Where have we seen this narrative before? Um, I I just wanted to see something crazy happen. Uh, as soon as I sent that tweet, my wife texted me and said, wow, uh, something about like Brady is really just sucking right now. And it looks, he's not going to go through. And I was like, never, ever, ever count out touchdown Tom, because all it takes is one little fumble and he's back into it. 
what a ridiculous finish to that game. Yeah, and I, I tweeted something similar too because you and I both were like, "Wait, are we like, are we purposely trying to jinx?" <laughs> I just the Rams. Oh yeah, I, I I tweeted. It was like, "Can't wait for the next week where all we have to hear about <laughs> right. is how this is the first time the conference championship and Super Bowl are played in the same location." Another random NFL record that nobody cares about. And it uh, um, which I'm, I'm actually surprised I haven't heard anybody say that yet. So maybe I was the first one. Um, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, I put it out in the universe. Apparently uh, that was when it was 27 to three. And I was like, oh, this thing's over. And then it was like 27, 13. And, and uh, the Bucks were, were driving. They went for it on fourth down with like four minutes left. They didn't get the first down. I was like, all right, this thing's over. So I actually turned, I actually did turn the game off at 27, 13 with oh, four minutes no. left. I, I, I turned my PlayStation back on <laughs> and then I can't remember if it was you or, or another group chat that I'm a part of. And somebody text, well, that was quick. I go, Oh no. I paused my game. I turned, turned the, the football game back on. See it's 27, 20 Rams ball. And then all of a sudden cam Akers fumbles the ball. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> just absolute chaos like just this was the chaos weekend and it was the best weekend that the nfl could have asked for oh 1000 percent. like um i mean even even on that like it was yeah it was 27 20 uh you know 50 seconds left to go in the game you know we we both said like oh tom's got a bunch of timeouts two minutes on the clock don't count them out uh, but even that, it was fourth and one on the Rams nine yard line. Like they had to face a fourth down situation where Leonard Fournette ends up scoring. And then you're like, oh man, Tom going to go to overtime and he is going to do it again. Like imagine if he would have gotten 28 to three and 27 to three comeback. Right. Um, well, I, I texted I, again. I can't remember if it was to you or my other group chat. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, tie game. I'm like, but 42 seconds left, and the Rams have a timeout. I was like, that's a lot of time left still to get into field goal range. It's, I mean, at that point, though, like, at that exact point in the game, the Rams haven't hadn't scored since, uh, like, halfway through the third quarter. They were kind of getting stifled, and you're like, they, there's no way. Like, it is a lot of time. Stafford's got an arm. The offense is explosive. But there's no way, right? There, like, there's no possible way that he could get into field goal range. Um, you know, they take the timeout a little bit earlier than you would have liked to. Um, he makes the big, big reception, and he is, like, sprinting down there. And I don't know if his, like, I don't know what the hell was happening with his lineman, but he was like, we gotta go. Like, he's freaking yeah. out. I thought he was going to pick dude up and just run him down there. Um, it reminds me of the one where, you know, the, the famous clip where he, uh, broke his rib or whatever. And, uh, he has to like spike it really quickly and, and, and gets back in there, but you can see him just being like, let's go. Do you think he was yelling at a lineman or do you think he was yelling at the back judge to get in there and spot the ball so he could spike it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they did have a lot of time. Like when they actually got up to the line, the ball's set. He's kind of like looking around. He's like, all right, you're set. You're set. We're good. We got time. Chill on this count. Snaps it, spikes it. Um, They did have a lot of time. But, you know, Shades of Dak last week were probably creeping in his mind being like, hell no, we ain't doing the Dak. Like not today, boys. 
the Bucks defense called every Seahawks fan's favorite defensive um, scheme. Yeah. Cover, cover zero blitz. Ugh. Anytime Russ sees a cover zero, it's like, oh, you messed up. Yeah. You messed like that, that was the end of uh, 2015 NFC Championship game versus the Packers. Jermaine Curse couldn't catch the ball all game. Uh, Russ had like four interceptions. All four were, were while targeting Jermaine Curse. Yep. And the Packers called cover zero. Jermaine Curse on a go route. Ball game. Ball game. So it, it kind of brings me, this is a, a really nice transition into the Buffalo game because, um, I mean, it, it just ended about, you know, what, an hour ago or so. And I, there, there's such a like, a part of me that that understands both calls like calling cover zero means like we're going after it we're gonna make the stop we are taking control of this game i just don't like the whole like zero part of it call a cover one blitz uh you know call your safety blitz if you have to but you gotta have that last guy back like i would never call call cover zero uh game on the line but on the exact inverse of that when you play prevent defense at the end of games, it prevents you from winning. It like I would never call prevent and I would never call cover zero to try and uh, finish a game off or to to win a ball game because it's just it's too high of the extremes, right? Like don't play prevent defense. Don't send the whole house and be shocked when somebody lobs one over your head. Um, just I mean, insane. Don't play prevent defense when what you need to prevent is a field goal, not a yeah. touchdown. You need you need to prevent a field goal to yeah. tie the game. Touchdown, they weren't even going for a touchdown there. They were just trying to get in field goal range to send you guys to overtime. Yeah. Um, did you see the reports that now there's there's also uh retirement rumors swirling uh for Tom Brady? Really? Apparently, so he's got one I year left it. on his contract. Um, but he's going to take this off season to assess whether or not he will come back to Tampa Bay. Sure. The, what I, what I try to stay away from at times like this is the overreaction responses. Like I'm sure he just, he's not thinking clearly. He thought to himself, we are going to do this. We're going to come back like we did against the Falcons. They fell short. Tom's not used to really falling short on those big comebacks. I'm sure he was so wrapped up with emotions that it's like the first thing that comes to mind is always like, I don't know. We'll see. Like we will see what happens. came out before the game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, either way, I, I think what these guys go through in a season and especially a playoffs, they, they go through so much that making snap decisions, you know, right after a game is done is just like, it's such a stupid question. That's why, like when we were talking about like, oh, is this Ben Roethlisberger's last game? Who, who, who knows what that guy, but also why ask him right after a game that you lost, especially like I could see if it was like, you know, I'm 100% retiring at the end of this year, no matter what. And then you ask it, like, are you still going to retire? Yes, I am. That's the only time I would believe those things. Um, I, I I think it was, I want to say it was Romo, Romo or Nance, who said, I'm pretty sure it was Romo, said 
Tom is just too addicted to competing. He's too addicted to winning and like cementing his legacy further. Um, and he can play still like he, he has not lost a step in the last 10 years. Um, he, he's got the team to do it right in front of him. Um, if it's not for some of those bigger injuries that they've gone through, um, that probably is a different ball game. So, um, let's get into the last game here. Cause this one was the drug of all drugs. Um, game of, game of the year, game Easy. of the year by far. Um, and before, no, we won't get into that game of the year for sure. Started off as a defensive game. You know, they, I think it was halftime. What was it like 14, 14, if I remember correctly. Um, and then it just went off. Like, I mean, even into the third, I think there was like nine points and, and another seven for, for Buffalo, but it wasn't until the fourth quarter where things really started taking off. Um, in the last, what was it? Two minutes. I think it was was just under two minutes. There was 18 points scored in the last 78 seconds or something like that. Wild. The, the, the lead changed three times in the last two minutes. <laughs> like, just the most insane thing I've ever seen in football. Yeah. And it, like, it was, again, it was one of those things where the, the defenses were clearly playing prevent defense. But at the same time, they were getting the other team to like third and longs or fourth down conversion situations. And they just couldn't have that one play to like ice the game. Uh, Gabe Davis had his fourth touchdown of the game. Four touchdowns in one First time game. it's ever been done. And two. Yeah, there's another fun fact for you. You record people two in the last two minutes like I just, I don't even know where to begin with this game. As soon as you thought it was over, like, oh my gosh, Gabe Davis scores the touchdown. He's wide open in the end zone. Yeah, there's two minutes left, but um, they hadn't scored that many points where you were like, yeah, he's going to go all the way down the field and score. And I think the fact that it only took them, what was it, like 47 seconds uh, to go down and score a touchdown the other way, you're like, how how the hell did that just happen? And then right? you start thinking to yourself, it's so crazy what's happening that for sure Buffalo is going down to score to win the game. And they do it. And then in yeah. group chat, I was like, hey, guys, it's got to go to overtime, right? Like something crazier has to happen with this. Again, 13 seconds and three timeouts. That's a lot of time seconds. to get in the field goal range. But so, I, so the even then, like the timeouts don't really matter to me there because yeah, you can target the middle of the field, but when you snap a ball, make a play, there's only so much time that you have to get that. You cannot have an incompletion because if you lose four seconds on an incomplete pass, it's done. Like for me, the timeouts weren't even the thing. The just like the execution and. And how everything had to absolutely go perfect for that 13 seconds. And holy crap, it does. Well, because the Bills played stupid defense. Oh. But also, I mean, talk about uh, who to blame, you know, defense or special teams. <laughs> Why didn't the Bills 
squib it. Yeah, I didn't Squipped understand it. that one. That kill that would have killed at least at least three seconds. Yeah. Off the clock. Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering about that. I'm like, and I think even on the uh the broadcast, they were like, oh, this is gonna be a kick. You're gonna see it's gonna go like just a little short of the goal line. You want them to return it. The goal there, and who knows, like I don't watch enough Bills games to really like focus in on their special teams, but maybe they were so terrified of the unthinkable, like McColl Hardman, or maybe it was Tyree Kill at that point bringing them out. Maybe they were so terrified of the unthinkable happen that they forgot to go win the game and they were trying not to lose the game. Another thing you don't do in sports, you don't play to not lose the game. You play to win a game. You play to win the game. Hello. <laughs> and it still rings true that like that's what makes that one of my favorite sound clips. Like it, it just still rings true. Um, and then obviously uh, overtime happens. They call tails never fails. Well, guess what? It failed. And so did you. Um, I tweeted it out. Just another reminder that the NFL overtime rules absolutely suck. I I think it was the worst way to end the best football weekend I've ever been a part of. Like, I, I, I don't know about you, Chris, but I actually feel robbed of the chance to see the Bills go back. And part of me just, knows they were scoring. It just uh, left it like a sense of like emptiness. It like, was like, really? Like, it's over? It shouldn't be, yeah, like it shouldn't be over yet. Like, it's kind of how it felt. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Kind of, I guess like the, the last two minutes that led up led up to that moment it was just a, a giant letdown and i was like, like there's no like build up it's just like okay like this is just how like this is what's gonna happen this is how it's gonna end it's and gonna like, end that's the, 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 the that's all folks like, right like man. yeah i just yeah i just feel cheated out of a chance to see it go back whether it did or not like the way the game was going buffalo was scoring i I fully believe Buffalo was scoring. They Let, should have at least had a chance to go score. Right. Like, and I, I know uh, our, our buddy Ryan there, we were all chatting about overtime rules and he's like, yeah, but it's overtime. You know, you gotta, you gotta make the stop. Yada, yada, yada. No, but it's, because it's an like, it's not like hockey where you're playing offense or, and defense at the same time. You have an yeah. opportunity to go win a game because at any moment you can be on offense. And the argument could be made that like, well, yeah, at any point your defense could make a play and be on offense, but you're not given a fair chance to make a skilled play to possess the ball. In hockey, you have to have a face-off. Whoever wins the face-off, a skilled play gets control of it. And if they go down and score and the other team never touches the puck, perfect. At least you won a skilled play and controlled the play of the game. In basketball, you have to win a tip-off. Like, you have to do something to possess it. Um, and even ba- basketball is a timed overtime. Like, there's no, right. you know, sudden death. It's play overtime. When there's a, when we're done, if it's still time, we play, we do it again. Right. Now, like, I, I understand that. Like, it, it's obviously different for each game. Um, you know, basketball, you score on so many possessions each time. 
Um, hockey, not necessarily every time you bring the puck into the other team's, uh, you know, area past the blue line, um, you're going to score. But yeah, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know what the solution is. Is it as easy as just saying, hey, let the other team have the ball? Both teams, they got to score a touchdown. Both teams get a possession no matter what. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say no matter what. If it's a defensive touchdown, so let's say the Bills did get a okay. pick six. Yep. Okay, that that ends the game because that's your that now counts as your possession. Yeah, you um, could just need you could just take the like the the argument would be like, well, our defense didn't get a chance to play. Okay, well then we'll we'll take the offense and we'll just kneel down that many times if we get like our possession to play right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I think I would agree if, with that. Yeah. If the, if the offense scores touchdown field goal, no matter what. The other team gets a possession and the opportunity to match. Kind of like, I mean, baseball. Baseball is a, is a kind of maybe yeah. a good parallel where when you play defense on baseball, you don't have the opportunity to score points. Yeah, in the NFL, you do have the opportunity to score points, but the field is slanted in the offense's hundred percent favor, right? Yeah. So it, it's it's already not a fair fight when the offense has the ball in, in overtime. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I, I've been a big proponent to say the NFL needs to adopt, uh, the college rules. I, I'm going to backpedal on that a little bit. Cause I don't think an NFL offense starting at the 35 yard line or the 40 yard line even is fair. Um, make them have the full field, go the full field, make them have a normal full possession. Um, hell you could even get rid of the kickoff if you want you know, for, for player safety, get rid of the kickoff if you want and just have each team start at their own 25. That's fine too. Yeah. I, I, I would be okay with anything that involves both teams being able to possess the ball offensively, uh, for a drive. Um, unless like you said, it's a defensive touchdown, um, or, or a safety, because that means your defense shut the other offense out and scored points and your offense would just come out and, you know, punt the ball out as their possession, right? Like you, you've done your job uh, for that. So yeah, it just, it's just such a bad way to lose a game. You're like, oh, cool. We were in this big shootout. Our team was putting up points. Your team was putting up points. And now like, imagine you started a game and you're like, okay, first team to score a touchdown wins. You guys get the ball first. I'd be like, hell no. How is that fair at all? That's something that you do like after you've played like, like in like street hockey, you like be playing for an hour and then finally go, all right, last goal wins. Right. Like, right. Because it's, I don't know, street hockey. Like you probably have to go in for dinner or something like that. Exactly. Nobody watching that game had anything better to do. I don't care if you were on the East coast, the West coast mountain time, um, nobody watching that game had anything better to do than to watch the bills get the ball and get a chance to score. Um, I, I feel bad for bills fans. And even like, even when, if my team wins overtime by being the team to go down and score a touchdown, I feel like there's a little bit of like unfinished business almost like, okay, great. We won. I'm happy. Perfect. But also at the same time, I really wish I, I guess maybe it's because I hate it when it happens against your team because it is unfair that it almost seems like a cheap win. Yeah. But 
I will I will give props to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, four years in a row that they've made it to the AFC Championship game. Um, that is that is quite the accolade. I mean, on the verge of going yeah. to the Super Bowl for the third time in a row. Uh, super impressive. I mean, I'm so excited for the, for the games next weekend. Like that Bengals Chiefs game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. The Rams uh, 49ers. I mean, it, it, it's a divisional it's matchup. A divisional and game. I didn't and, even and the think Niners about have, that. Have, the Niners have had the Rams number. Like I, I, I think the Niners have won like the last seven in a row or something like that. Wild. So like, can the Rams, you know, get get over the hump and and then like whichever one of these four teams ends up in the Super Bowl should be pretty exciting. Like, you know, Bengals Niners, Bengals Rams, Chiefs Niners, Chiefs Rams. Like I think we're we're in for some for some really fun football um, to to close off the season here. Hundred percent. Um, let's. Uh, we're just over the hour marker here, so let's make sure we save a little time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. We're talking about the third down, brought to you by our friends at Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna. What do you have for us, Chris? Yeah, uh, this week's third down is, as Steve said, presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing. And if you're like Steve and I, you love quality beer. That's what Bad Tattoo Brewing provides. High quality craft beer made with only the finest ingredients. And each brew is perfected before being released. Go sign up for the Bad Tattoo Beer Club and have these beers delivered right to your doorstep. From Bona Vista to Vancouver Island. That's right, all across Canada. Be one of the first people to purchase limited release beers with no monthly fees no commitment and no minimums. Again, that's the Bad Tattoo Beer Club at badtattoobrewing.ca. And I was just having a look at their website or badtattoobrewing.com. I ruined it. Uh, <laughs> I was just having a look at their website uh, before we jumped on here. Um, they do still have the peanut butter chocolate porter available, guys. Get you on it before it's gone. Get a case. Once it's gone, it's gone. It's only a limited release. Um, the Sol Vita uh, Cerveza Clara is just like a classic, like easy drinking lager. I highly recommend it. I had that one Saturday night at Bad Tattoo in town here, um, and it, it's definitely one of my favorites of, of their um, of their flagship beers for sure. Um, and then, uh, I mean, they've got the New England IPA on there. They've got their <laughs> their famous bad light uh is still available <laughs> um unfortunately not with the old uh decal on there That's it's with so the updated funny. decal they did get the uh the old cease and desist from anheuser bush of course but uh yeah guys go go check them out badtattoobrewing.com and of course next weekend uh both games are on sunday what do you get there on sundays uh you get two for one pizzas two pizzas for the price of one um they have a huge lineup of beer on tap if you're looking for a flight uh i know yesterday uh a few of the ones that i hadn't tried the chai stout i really liked it it was very like subtle and just super smooth um but the one i think i was the most impressed with was the their sister company counterflow brewing uh with the coffee lager um I think it's from Common Grounds. Is that right? The 
common grounds or uncommon grounds. So I, like, I can't. So, rem- sorry if I butchered uh, your your partner coffee shop there, but it was just such a smooth. Uh, and sometimes with coffee drinks, they become very thick and heavy, uh, which which is okay. I wasn't really in the mood for you know that that uh, stouty kind of coffee. Thing. And this was just like super light, uh, flavorful, good, good hints of like roasted coffee in there. Uh, like some, like, I, want, I want to say some like, like even some roasted like vanilla almost. Yeah. That they must have pulled from the coffee bean. Yeah, I, I think so. It was probably one of the smoothest coffee loggers uh, I've ever had. So definitely go down there next weekend on Saturday. Uh, enjoy yourself some two for one pizza flight of beer and some football on their TVs. Chris and I had a great time on Saturday. Um, definitely go check them out. Downtown Kelowna. What do you got for third down? Uh, it would help if I open the right app on my phone here. Uh, yeah, this week for third down. Uh, of course, last week we were talking about, um, you know, my, my grilled cheese sandwich, escapades and and uh dipping my grilled cheese sandwich in uh you know maple syrup is what i was doing the other day but you know typically i dip my grilled cheese in ketchup and uh i i believe if i remember correctly you agreed with my tweet that grilled cheese and ketchup is, is, is a match made in heaven oh yeah and it got me to thinking about you know some of the other foods that i put ketchup on oh and so this week for the third down presented by Bad Tattoo, Kelowna, it's the ketchup matchup. <laughs> what a weird... <laughs> it's ketchup. It's ketchup. ketchup. The ketchup matchup. Can't say that three times fast. Ketchup matchup, ketchup matchup, ketchup matchup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did it. <laughs> I did it. Bet you can. Uh, this week for third down, Steve, like I said, the ketchup matchup. Does the ketchup belong on that food? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's uh, let's sauce this bad boy up. Third down. All right. First matchup, we have this one I put in the same category or t- together as one. So hot dogs slash corn dogs versus mac and cheese. Corn dogs versus mac and cheese. Uh, or, hot, or hot dogs. Oh, or hot dogs. Okay. Um, I was going to say, I haven't had a corn dog since I was like in middle school. I, I used to go down for corn dogs all the time. Uh, I remember them being delightful and addictive. So maybe that's why I've stopped eating them. <laughs> Best corn dog I ever had was in Disneyland. Hands down. Ooh. Oh my God. It was good. Right at the park there. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to mental note. I'll take that one down. Um, here's the interesting thing. I don't eat ketchup on hot dogs and I don't eat ketchup on mac and cheese. Now it, I guess for me now it has to come down to which one's the bigger abomination. And I feel like ketchup is married to hot dogs, even though I personally don't enjoy that. I'm, I'm a mustard person. Uh, it's just mustard. That's it. I mean, if you had cheese or something like that, I would probably, toss that on there um i hate 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 seeing people bloody their mac and cheese up with ketchup 
Um, mac and cheese is one of my favorites when it's done properly. We're not talking about KD here. We're talking about real mac and cheese. Okay, no, no, no. I'm talking about like I'm talking about the the box stuff. I don't well, put ketchup on on real mac and cheese. Yeah, I either way, I think it's stupid and you shouldn't do it. Um, I don't think you should eat boxed KD anyways. Uh, if you're gonna have mac and cheese, go for the good stuff. Take take yeah. your time. You know, make it right. Make it proper. Do like a crust on top. Chuck it in the oven. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with with hot dogs on this one. Even though I can't even remember the last time I had ketchup on a hot dog. I just think it it more people would say that's what they prefer. Since I don't eat it on either one. So ketchup on mac and cheese is the bigger abomination in your eyes. I so think you're putting so. It on your hot dog. And your method of mac and cheese sounds like a lot of work when my kid asks for macaroni every single day for lunch. So that's true. That's not happening. Like the the biggest variation he gets is like, okay, you want macaroni again for lunch? I'll make you some Annie's instead. Some some. <laughs> oh, the white cheddar, right? The white cheddar and okay. shells. Uh, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Actually, fun. I fun even fact. know that part. Fun fact, I uh, I stole a case of macaroni and cheese today. I saw that, you <laughs> thief. I love how you air-quoted it out at the bottom. I returned it to the store. I, I got to my car, and I'm unloading the groceries in my car, and I see it. Like, you know that stupid, like, tray the, on the, the under bottom tray. of your shopping cart? Yeah, the yeah. under tray. Terrible, 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 because I've got an awful memory. I can't remember anything. <laughs> So I, I get to my car. I'm unloading my groceries. I see the box down there. I'm like, oh no! I was like, I didn't pay. I was like, I didn't pay for that. <laughs> put the groceries in my car. Put the shopping cart back. Back. Grab the case of mac and cheese. Walk back in with my receipt. And I go, I didn't pay for this, and I would like to please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna say the way you tweeted it. Like everything was just this is what happened. And then like the classic, like drop down space, like three lines. And then it was in quotations. I'm like, is he trying to cover up that he actually didn't go back and pay? Or was no, it, it like a... quotations? I put uh, like stars. To oh, okay. Don't worry guys. I didn't, I didn't actually. <laughs> so I actually uh, text my mom because my mom works at the grocery store. Oh, okay. So I text my mom, I go, so I accidentally shoplifted from Savon today. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> she uh, goes, uh-oh, what happened? And I, was like, I told her, I said, fired. yeah, I was like, but I went, went immediately back in and was like, I made a boo-boo. Um, See, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, it's one of those things where it happens. Yeah. You, you caught your mistake. Hell, even if you went home, you got all the way home and then you're like, Oh, I, I don't think I paid for that. And you look at your receipt, you're like, oh, like I, I would call the place and be like, hey, uh, I inadvertently stole something from you. I'm in, I'm coming down right now to pay for it and make it right. And, you know, accidents happen. You were honest. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. When, when I told my mom that I went back in and paid, she goes, oh, were they surprised? So I think it probably happens a lot more than I realize and, and uh, not very many people are very honest about it. I, probably. It's like, oh, we got away with it. Start the car. Start yeah, the exactly car. Right. Yeah. Quick, throw all that stuff in the back and let's get out of yeah. here. Um, Quick question before we move on to the next matchup. What if I cut up hot dogs, put it in your mac and cheese, oh. and when you put ketchup on it? Oh. <laughs> dirtiest thing you can like. That's like the dirtiest lunch. Like hot what, dogs. What's worse? 
cut up hot dogs in your macaroni or cut up hot dogs and beans? Mm, in your macaroni. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Did you ever eat beans and weenies as a kid? Yeah. I, I mean, I ate both as a kid. My, Again, my kids love that kind of stuff. Like, kids love macaroni and kids love when you chop up weenies in them. So... Of course I did it. As an adult, I've I've grown my palate to a more desirable flavors. And kids love ketchup. Kids love ketchup, do they ever? My, my wife thinks it's disgusting to put hot dogs in macaroni. My wife also thinks it's disgusting to put ketchup on macaroni. So sometimes my kids do it just to like say, <laughs> hey mom, look what I did. I put ketchup on my macaroni. I'm starting to realize something, Chris, that uh, Nadine's a lot smarter than you. And that's yeah. because... Uh, her, her taste bud answers are quite similar to mine. Pizza. Yeah, yeah. She also doesn't like mushrooms. Smart lady. I don't yeah. know what she did marrying you. She also doesn't like her food touching, actually. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, that explains so much why we do a podcast together. I podcast with my wife. Hey, your podcast wife over here. <laughs> uh, next matchup. We're taking it to breakfast. Does ketchup belong on your breakfast table if you have scrambled eggs versus hash browns? Hmm. Again, I don't like this answer. I don't like it because uh, one of my, actually my favorite breakfast is just scrambled eggs and hash browns. It's easy. It's tasty. Uh, it, it kind of fills you up. You, if you have a busy day, you can kind of go through through lunch if you miss it, big deal. Um, and I'll make both of those. And before my wife has tried it, she just dummies it with ketchup. And I'm like, could you like humor me for a second and just taste the flavors that I've been trying to achieve in my scrambled eggs and, and these hash browns? Nope. I'm going to cover the top layer with ketchup and it just, it really rubs me the wrong way and I make fun of her every time for it. Uh, I don't ever want to put ketchup on eggs. I don't think it works at all. I don't like putting ketchup on hash browns, but it actually isn't the worst thing in the world. If you had to do it, I think the, the one time I actually do enjoy putting ketchup on hash browns is when you go to like, you know, McDonald's and you get the, the patted hash browns. Um, I, I love having ketchup on those, but the actual like diced, uh, you know, potatoes that you pan fry. Nah, but if I had to pick, I'd pick ketchup on hash browns for this one. So I'm learning that your wife is smarter than you. Well, yeah. Ketchup does belong on scrambled eggs every time. Hash browns. I can understand hash browns be like, like I'll, I'll do that with hash browns sometimes too. Be like, oh, like I like season these really well. So they don't need ketchup today, but like scrambled eggs every time, ketchup, pepper. I, I think you just sunk your own ship there. You said, when I season my food. I season my food <laughs> all the time. Oh, you said when I season my food, in, implying that there's like some points where you're like, you know what? I'm just throwing hash browns into a pan and we're just cooking them up as potatoes. Okay, my wife's not listening, so it's okay. I can say this out loud. When <laughs> I cook the, when I cook the hash browns, I don't always put ketchup on them. When my wife cooks the hash browns, I put ketchup on. Them. 
Um, <laughs> and actually, you know what? Even if she does hear this, she would agree. Nadine prefers it when I cook because I season things. Like, and then like I don't like measure. I'll just like freehand eyeball it. Be like, yeah, it's that looks like taste. enough. Or yeah, this tastes good. Whereas like she doesn't understand that, so like she doesn't under like. What, yeah, Nadine doesn't doesn't season things properly. She's not as bad as my Scottish mother, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I grew mother. up in a house where uh, I don't know if seasoning things properly uh, was like a focus. Um, you know, as, as I'm delving into a lot of cooking shows and, and trying to branch out cooking, I, I understand how important like proper seasoning is and like tasting it as you go to make sure the the seasonings like right on point um definitely didn't notice that as a as a young me did not understand that i'll never forget when i was uh traveling uh in europe and i went out for a dinner with my uh mom's family in england and i ordered a steak and i'll never forget it i was like i took a couple bites i'm like something's off with this steak i said to my mom i was like something's just like I don't know. It's like, I can't like, I can't put my, my finger on it. And I, and then I realized I'm like, like maybe if I put some like pepper on it, like maybe that'll help or whatever. Like maybe that'll help. Take, that was it. It had no seasoning on it. <laughs> it how, was, how do you not uh, yeah. put salt and pepper on a steak? Yeah. Holy. Um, next matchup, which, you know, leads me right into my next matchup here. We have shepherd's pie. Ooh. Versus. Patrick Mahomes' favorite way to do it, steak. Shepherd's pie or steak? Yeah. Oh, good Lord. This third down is going south in a real quick, like, spiral. Now, I will. I would never put ketchup on a steak. That Apparently, Patrick Mahomes puts ketchup on his steak. Patrick is, Mahomes is dumb then. Yep. Um, shepherd's pie, I, I have put ketchup on shepherd's pie. Okay, I w- so we were just talking. I was watching a-, a cooking show of Shepherd's Pie actually uh, yesterday, and the the kids love it. Like, uh, you know, Sienna's getting really into. She'll hear Gordon Ramsay's voice, and she'll be like, "Oh, is that a Gordon Ramsay one?" And she'll like run over, and Easton will be like, "I want to watch the cooking too." And so we were watching Shepherd uh, Shepherd's Pie being made, uh, and I was thinking to myself, it's been a long time since I've had Shepherd's Pie. I don't think I've ever put ketchup on a shepherd's pie because the filling inside is the the flavor you're trying to achieve. So why would you wreck it with ketchup? Now, with that being said, ketchup never, ever, ever, ever belongs on steak. You are an idiot if you put ketchup on your steak i don't care what listener is listening to this and is like oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna stop listening to the ballhawks podcast because that steve guys really mean you don't know how to taste things then because ketchup steak no bueno doesn't work never ever ever so i guess by default i i have to pick shepherd's pie but i don't think i've ever put ketchup on shepherd's pie i i i haven't in a, in a number of years but Definitely as a kid. I mean, ketchup one on everything as a kid. Oh, like, no. Toast for breakfast? Ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> ketchup for breakfast? Ketchup on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely put uh, put ketchup on Shepherd's Pie as a kid. Uh, final matchup. I mean, we have can't have a ketchup matchup without the French fry versus onion rings. Oh, easy one. I hate onion rings. So, uh oh. You oh, would. you know what? I I haven't tried onion rings in pff, 
15, 20 years, maybe. So maybe as an adult, I, I would appreciate them better. Like I, I'm talking like not going to, you know, I don't even know where you get onion rings from now anymore. Like A&W. A and W. Okay. So A and W onion rings have no desire, like no appeal at all. But maybe if, I don't know, maybe if I like made them myself with, with like, I don't know. Anyways, not very desirable. Ketchup belongs on French fries. 1000% ketchup belongs on French fries. Um, it's, it's funny. Like I, I knew French fries was coming and it. It's the obvious choice here. Um, I was trying to think of if I believe ketchup goes on anything else, like anything else. <sighs> I guess if, unless it's like patted hash browns, um, I, I feel like I remember ketchup worked well on corn dogs as well. Um, but to, if I'm being like fully honest, my wife and I are opposites of this. Like we'll get the, the huge, uh, you know, Costco double one and a half liter jugs. And I don't say like bottles cause they're actually like big jugs of ketchup. I, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. I have them in my house <laughs> as well. And like her and the kids go through it like it's candy and I don't eat a lot of ketchup. Um, I would say if it's not French fries, the the main thing ketchup should go in is, uh, I don't know, maybe if you're making like a, a, a tomato sauce and you didn't have any like tomato paste or something like that um, to add into I've your like spaghetti sauce. I've actually done that once before because I didn't have something and so I added some ketchup in. Don't do it. No. Okay, no, don't I, do I haven't it, done it. I just thought maybe it, it might work. It no, it throws off the whole the whole. Is like, it too seasoning. sweet? Yeah, it's too sweet. Okay. It throws the whole thing. It throws the whole thing off. Interesting. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know why I haven't thought about this more, but I don't put ketchup on a lot of things. We we You're couldn't be out. further from yeah. Apparently, I'm missing out from not tasting the real flavors of my food. You're you're missing out <laughs> on Flavor Town, Steve. Flavor Town. <sighs> I, I think you know what my MVP is already. Um, so we have hot dogs. Well, yeah, I do. Hash browns, shepherd's pie, and the only one that you didn't call an abomination, French fries. Now, the more I think about it, the more this is actually a tough one because I really enjoy the, uh, you know, the, the McDonald's hash brown patties with ketchup on it is absolutely delicious um i can eat those without ketchup and they're still good i i'm not really a big fan of french fries if i can't dunk it in some ketchup so i gotta go with the classic and, and go for some french fries here okay okay let's have a look here let's let's check did you get no you didn't get the first time oh come on like, no like you don't put ketchup on your mac and cheese like you don't get the first down for that you don't put ketchup on your eggs. Like, come on, child, please. You don't even like onion rings. Like, just no, you had no chance in hell this week, Steve. No but I chance picked the hell. right MVP. It was a... No chance in hell. Sorry. You got, you, you, you took uh, too many sacks. You weren't <laughs> even close to the, you, it was like. Fourth and goal 40. from the 75. And yeah, I, yeah, and I yeah. threw the Hail Mary with, french fries and i caught that you know what this is a good time to welcome venomous viper to the show uh, saying hey Hi. there in the chat um 
obviously you're new to the show, you can see Chris is horrible with his food takes, and we bicker quite often on this segment, which is probably the reason why it's everybody's favorite segment. They get to hear how horrible Chris's food takes are and, and how I get robbed of first downs over and over and over from this replacement ref that I call my co-host one last ketchup question okay do you put ketchup on cheeseburgers oh i do actually there you go okay so but there's there's a there's a there's a caveat to that if i'm getting a a burger from uh like a A and w is probably my favorite fast food burger if i you know actually on wednesday we were uh because they they season the meat yeah that's probably why i was just gonna say like the 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 patties actually season i'll i'll put ketchup on that so it's not dry right i don't want i don't want dry you know cheese ketchup that's fine if we're making it at home uh and my wife is making up some like moose burger or deer burgers um again mustard mustard only but i'm also putting like you know caramelized onions uh pickle tomato lettuce cheese all of that and uh, a, a good one avocado on that as well. If you're going to do avocado, take the pickle off because a little weird of flavors there, but I, I love the creaminess of avocado with, um, yeah, kind of like the boldness of like gamey meat. Great burger. You know what the worst thing is that A&W does to their burgers? They put Sesame's. mayonnaise on all their goddamn burgers. It's awful. Oh, see, anytime I get a burger, Ugh. I always tell them, I'm like, I just want the burger, ketchup, and and cheese that's it just give me I like always, <laughs> pretty much nothing i always uh I'm, I'm sure every time i order from a&w they roll their eyes at me because i order i order my burger no mayonnaise because yeah. it's gross um and then i get no onions on my burger and then i ask for onion rings <laughs> <laughs> every time i go to a&w could i pay time. half price the onion you're gonna put on my burger can you just like batter it a little bit and i'll just pay like the difference of whatever it is right yeah <laughs> you're yeah, that guy i'm that guy yeah, all right oh, folks man. uh we're at our almost hour and a half here this one's been a marathon but because there was just so much wildness to talk about in the nfl um and ketchup discourse and pizza discourse yeah well, all important, the discourses important discord I, I feel like food discourse is very important because it really like gets to the root of like your hatred for each other like all you you know what i mean like you just have to say one thing in a social setting being like oh yeah you shouldn't fold your pizza in half and then all of a sudden like the swords are coming to take your head off like what do you mean you don't fold your pizza are you out of your mind no ketchup no ketchup on your mac and cheese Mm -hmm. people are throwing drinks in your face it's just it's honestly the thing that i feel like maybe worse than politics where you just say like your weird food take and get ready for uh the the lynchings to happen uh yeah i will uh leave my last words like i always do to you on this 50th episode of the ballhawks podcast chris yeah, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in to a, another episode of the Ballhawks part, podcast, part of the Dean Blundell Network. Really appreciate you guys uh, sticking out with us for the 
50 episodes. Um, you know, can't believe that we're coming up on doing this thing for, for one year almost as well. Uh, don't forget to follow Steve on over on Twitter at SSFisher87. You can find me at PhillipsChris12. And, of course, the podcast account at BallHawks underscore pod. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We're all over social media. Um, but, really, we're most active on Twitter. Uh, we will be back later in the week, guys. Uh, we'll probably go live. Steve and I will talk about it off air, but I'm thinking probably Thursday night we'll go live again to do our um, conference championship preview. Uh, and that should drop as its podcast format, I would assume, Friday morning. Um, but Steve is the, the mix master on that one. Anyways, guys, thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, of course, as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.